Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Come through, queen. I want to see you. Come through, queen. Hi everyone, it's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through Queen. I've been there for her through thick How and many work. times have you seen Pamela Shut Morgan? STFU, okay? Hey Brendan. Hello Danielle, what's up? So we have such a exciting episode planned today. I just want to kick it off right away. We have a guest. Uh, it's someone that if you're already listening to a Bravo podcast, you I'm sure you've heard of her. It is the one Dame Sarah Galley <laughs> from Andy's Girls joining us here in Discord. <laughs> Welcome to God the stage. God forbid you've heard of me. God forbid. Lord no. only knows what the Bravoholics Yelp has to say. Uh, <laughs> hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Um, what a pleasure to have you. Brendan has done your show uh, two times, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's exciting to have you uh, on our show. And I'm so excited to be on. I'm so excited to be here with you gentlemen. Do you know that we call you, we refer to you as the dame when talking to each other? Yeah. Um, I love that. Just to let you know a little <laughs> bit about my journey through the royal process. In voice and speech class, I went to school for musical theater uh, performance, and my voice and speech professor referred to me as Dame Galley. So when I was forced to start oh an Instagram, <laughs> I'm, I'm against all technology for at least the first three years of its existence. So when I was forced to start an Instagram, I was like, all right, I mean... Robert says Dame Galley, so Dame Galley I shall be. And now people call me like genuinely Dame Galley, which I think is amazing. See, I wasn't sure if it was like if it predated or postdated the Grand Dom. And you were like no, doing way it. Way predated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, wow. I mean like college years. So like yeah. you know, yeah. quote unquote five to seven years ago, shall we sure, say? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Six or eight. Who can say? <laughs> um, who can remember? Yeah, no, so, it predated. So how long have you been doing your podcast, uh, Andy's Girls? Um, I started in 2016, but mm -hmm. I've taken some 
breaks. Um, sometimes okay. a couple weeks, sometimes a couple months toward the beginning of when the podcast started. And then for the last couple of years have been, you know, on a roll of making sure it's, it's more weekly and less weekly ish. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah you're hustling, you're climbing those charts. You know, <laughs> climbing, climbing. Um, uh, no big deal, Brendan Davis. I know that we hit a pretty great number. I don't remember what it was, but let's say one. Let's say we were number one. We were number one. Up there number with one. Bethany. Yes, just us and the skinny girl. The skinny legends and the skinny girl. What made you want to jump into this world of podcasting? So I was a big fan of Facebook back in the day, always great with decision-making. <laughs> and I would spend so much time posting random articles about housewives and um, just talking for hours with people on threads on my page and off about all things Bravo. And at the same time had been thinking, cause I'm such a chatty Kathy as I have always been. And I'm, actually very curious. And so I started thinking maybe I should do a podcast. And I talked to a friend of mine who works at in like strategy and worked at the Gates Foundation and a bunch of places who was trying to help me with wow. like a do-gooder kind of thing that would make a difference in society <laughs> and like maybe change the world. And I, I was like, let's start with the title and then the concept will come from there. And I couldn't figure it out. And then I just realized, like, listen, God bless a do-gooder, but all I want to talk about is, like, Phaedra and whatever else. So I um, messaged a friend who I'd gone to college with, Damian Bellino, and said, do you want to just come over to my apartment one day, and we'll just talk, and I'll record it, and we'll see what happens. And that was, it was literally me pressing record, and that was the start of Andy's yeah. Girls. Wow. Love it. Uh, I mean, I would I would give yourself more credit because I feel like the way you are analyzing the show is doing good because you're like approaching it from a respectful, intellectual perspective. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's, you know, I always say to people, Andy's Girls is a combination of C-SPAN and Ayanla Fix Your Life. And, or mm -hmm. is it Ayanla Fix Your Life? My life? I can't. I walked today. <laughs> yeah. My brain is wrong. Ayanla is fixing somebody's life. And, you know, it's, really breaking down the psychology and the minutiae behind why these women who we love or love to loathe make the decisions, unpacking, understanding why they make the decisions that they do on camera, regardless of whether or not they agree with them. And it's not just about talking about the housewives, but talking about our own experiences as human people and how that informs maybe a prejudice that we have against a certain mm -hmm. housewife who someone says is like a bully or something else mm -hmm. or understanding why a relationship or marriage broke down or tension between child and parent. It's really kind of examining the women behind the wives. and. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's just where I would just, I like connecting with people, understanding people, understanding someone's journey to becoming a Bravo-holic. And, um, mm -hmm. and those are the kind, those are the kind of conversations that interest me. I, I'm, I want to understand human behavior and also my own. And so mm -hmm. combining the two is, is a little bit of my passion pursuit. Wait, speaking of your journey to becoming a Bravo-holic, what started it all for you? What was like the first show, the first episode, what was it? You know what's terrible is that I don't 
100% remember. Mm -hmm. What I do remember is knowing when Housewives was going to come out, it was marketed as a version of Desperate Housewives. Mm -hmm. I loved Desperate Housewives. So I thought, oh, this will be interesting. And I remember watching, I don't remember which episode it was, but it was at at the beginning of Orange County. And I watched the episode and I didn't totally get what was happening. But I just kept watching. I hadn't seen anything like it. And the idea of having more content like Desperate Housewives that was quote unquote real Mm -hmm. was of great interest to me. So that kind of started the ball rolling and it went from there. I mean, the idea that, you know, there was a New York Housewives was really exciting for me. The idea Mm -hmm. that when that happened, you know, Atlanta has a totally different vibe than New Jersey. And it's just become this like overwhelming genuine part of my life at this point, you know? So, I mean, going back from there to now, two of the newest things, uh, Salt Lake City just dropped today, like a super trailer. Mm -hmm. Um, Thoughts about that? Um, I mean, I have to say I'm one of those people who doesn't spend a lot of time looking for scoop on what happens as these women are filming. Mm. And I also invest no time when it comes to new franchises Mm. uh, in like looking up who the cast members are. So people send me info. I'm like, okay, that's interesting, but I'm never going to Google it. I I don't, for some reason, I just like, I don't care. I'm, I'm more, you know, if there's production information that influences current thriving franchises yeah. or mm-hmm. not so thriving franchises great but when it comes to new ones i'm like i'll meet these women when i meet them when they're on my tv whatever day of the week at eight ish whatever sure and so i don't know a ton about them obviously i know about the like step grandfather mm-hmm. right. husband spouse situation yeah. um so watching the trailer for me not knowing a bunch about these women i thought it was i thought it was wild yeah. I don't yeah. know what to compare it to because there's like it's definitely not Beverly Hills. It's a hundred percent not New York. It maybe has a little bit of a Jersey vibe to me, and maybe even a little bit. I feel like this is unfair to the women of Potomac, but like almost a a wacky editing yeah. potential where they're gonna yeah. have a little bit more fun than they would on other franchises. I don't know, but it looks crazy. Yeah, I like see the Potomac wild. comparison. I see the t- Potomac comparison because I see these women like willing to show a little more than the rest of the franchises. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Potomac women, like look at Ashley Darby. She's showing her husband Everything. cheating on every around every corner. And like yeah. the fact mm-hmm. that we're getting like the call out of the grandfather thing in this trailer, I think that these women are ready to mention it all. I do think um Mary, who is the one who married her Step grandfather. Uh, she wasn't heavily featured in the trailer. It seemed as though like that's her one big thing, and she might not be a big part of the show outside of that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if that's going to be your claim to fame, my God, that's a yeah. something to remember. Um, Jen Shaw seems like a little Leanish to me. I think the worst case scenario oh. is that these women end up being a little Dallas esque, but I see Jen. This could again be totally wrong. I don't know who these women are. Mm-hmm. I see Jen as that person who like is maybe a little bit self-destructive or maybe just 
very reactive in a way that could come across as like performative where something Mm. is maybe definitely a little bit broken, but also this person really wants the show to succeed. And so they're willing to like elevate it to a different kind of, um, a different kind of level. Do you guys get that vibe at all with Jen Shaw? I definitely can see that there's like some performing and acting going on there. I mean, she's the one that sticks out to me the most. Like Mm -hmm. she jumps off the screen and like some of the other women, I can't keep straight. Who's who, but like she, Mm -hmm seems to be like the star kind of some of those stars are shooting stars where they last you love them you stand for them and it's like two and a half episodes long and then they land with a thud and it's no more like the glimmer Mm -hmm. is gone and i don't know there for some reason my instinct is like i don't know how long this is gonna you know it might be like a little temporary Mm -hmm. star where it might be she might be too much Mm -hmm. to kind of deal with long term but God bless them for finding her. I mean, it's it looks cra- it looks like it's going to take up a lot of time and conversation in the best possible way. There's going to be a lot to unpack. Yeah, agreed. I'm looking forward. Eleven Eleven. It comes out. Yeah, at unfortunately 10 Ooh. p.m. at night. <laughs> I know. At 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Why so late? What on earth do they have that's programming to precede it that's more important than a very new, brand new Housewives franchise? OC. Wait, they're doing it on the same night? Yep. (laughs) Were there no other days of the week? I think the strategy is like, get the viewers from OC to care about this franchise, potentially. I mean, listen, I'm not a marketing executive. My Instagram stories have made that abundantly clear. <laughs> but if I was, if I was a betting girl, what I would do to try to subvert this is put Potomac after Orange County because Potomac needs the audience and they are, to me, the best Housewives franchise currently on TV. And frankly, the demographics, you know, a lot of white viewers are not watching Potomac and for some reason are self-punishing by watching Orange County and God forbid maybe liking it. Why not put Potomac, if you wanted to stack the deck of a night with two mm-hmm. shows, why not put Potomac after that, but at least try to get some viewers, even even temporarily? Also, yeah. like, the that 8 o'clock hour is there. Put OC at 8 and put uh, Salt Lake City at 9, if that's they, what you're trying. They love a rerun at 8 p.m. for some reason. Oh, my God. 10 o'clock is late, guys, yeah. and I'm very young. But 10 o'clock yeah. is late for new episodes to air. <laughs> Mm. On the same night? What else do they... I know that, like, Below Deck, blah, blah, blah. But, like, what else... That's wild to me. I don't know how I feel about that. I hope it I hope it succeeds. So they, they kind of pull this stuff with Dallas as well. Like, Dallas has Ugh. aired for a few seasons at 10 p.m. as well. So I wonder well, if they're I mean, not... I can't blame them there. Excited about that? <laughs> I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Besides Salt Lake City, a surprise that was just gifted to us by Bravo recently was the new Bravo chat room. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's Portia, Portia, Giselle, Hannah Burner, and mm-hmm. Kate Chastain. Chastain. Now, mm-hmm. now, Sarah, are you a Summer House and or a Below Deck person at all? Um, I am definitely a summer house person below deck. Right. I'm a full season behind OG and um, med. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And- the first place we really hung out 
was the summer house party at BravoCon. Yes, when Brendan did me a favor, I was interviewing people as a correspondent at BravoCon, and by the last day, I couldn't talk anymore. I was so tired. So he ended up doing some of the interviewing, because I, I just kind of stood there and gave face while... Um, I was running around and, like, asking people if they wanted to be interviewed by her, and I think I actually... I think I actually did ask Amanda Batula, but she, like... She was really nice when she declined because she was like on her way out, okay. but she also looked gorgeous. Um, yeah. Love her to bits. I've had Hannah on Andy's Girls before, and typically it's recorded, you know, in better days in my apartment. So she hung out in my apartment after, and we ended up just shooting the shit for a while. And my roommate got back, wow. and I was like, hey, this is Hannah, and oh, hey, I'm so and so. And then after she's like, oh, so who is your friend? I'm like, oh, she's on the show on Bravo. And she, cause we were just like full on, like Hannah's legit. Obviously I think it's apparent to people that she's yeah. very much mm -hmm. herself, but I find her incredibly charming. Like yeah. really down to yeah. earth, very funny, super honest about her feelings in front of the camera and behind it. So the idea of her not, you know, the idea of her being in the same room as like, Portia and Giselle mm -hmm. I think it was a great casting choice um I was so happy that she got it um yeah I haven't I, seen I it. think I said I saw one episode and I think I said last week I was like maybe I'd rather have like Paige DeSorbo instead of Hannah in the mix but I will say oh. I think after watching it I think Hannah works and I think like the show is really well produced for a quarantine show like it flows oh, fine great. Like I watch yeah. like the view every day and the view is live, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind mm -hmm. of really awkward, but this show wasn't. And my only complaint is I hope that if it gets picked up beyond these like first episodes they're doing, mm -hmm. they need to send them all professional setups because like it's very grainy zoom quality mm -hmm. when like we know Bravo can produce better in that respect. I mean, the Beverly Hills reunion looked as good as yeah. I thought an in-person, considering that they are technically in their houses. I thought it looked, it was like gorgeous, top quality, yeah. just as far as the production, the production, not necessarily the discussion content. But um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to see them elevate. I, it's not that I like, I'm not going to watch it. I just have been so overwhelmed with you know the current existing yeah. franchises that i haven't had a chance but i was just texting um uh with a friend of mine who was telling me his experiences watching it and he was like he said that it was really great that they were burying stassi at one point like really dragging oh, yeah. her and and i would love to i was shocked i thought it was going to be more like a preview of stuff to come but it sounds like it's the actual it is What's the phrase? It's like there was a promise with the worst name show of all time, Real Men of Bravo. Oh, yeah. And it sounds yeah. like mm -hmm. this is delivering on that initial concept, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do they naturally watch Housewives? Is Portia someone that we know is like a Bravo holic in addition to a Bravo? Because that's the thing is that it's, it's mm -hmm. more helpful when you really enjoy watching these shows. I could understand Giselle. I could see Giselle watching other yeah. franchises and loving it. I don't know about Portia, though. Yeah, I mean, she's faking it if uh, if she isn't oh, an unnatural watcher, so you know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's, she's like perfect at everything. This because she does this on Dish Nation, anyways, and oh, like true, true. Yeah. exact format. So you gotta, she's good on her feet. Yeah.
Oh, I love I love everything about her. I just think she's she's the top. She's the number one right now of any franchise. Just the way she stepped into her family's legacy, the just what she has given us in previous reunions, trying to hold who is it, Nene accountable for stuff. I just really think mm-hmm. she's 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 really it. She is really she's like the number one for I think most yeah, people. The number one girl in the group. I don't know if you've been following this at all. The story about Leah fighting to get more money to come back for another season. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, Loved page it. six like re- reported that she is actually going to be getting 10,000 an episode for her second season. Uh, they said Leah McSweeney got her money last week. The post reported that the recent addition to the New York housewives was ready to walk after being offered a pathetically low pay raise for her sophomore season on the Bravo show. But now we're told the co-star has been given a bump from 3000 to 10000 an episode. Nice. Uh, Weenie, who just signed on with WME, confirmed she was coming mm-hmm. back. We are told the other cast members also got an increase in salary. Another source told us that all the women, including McSweeney, quote-unquote, got the standard wage increase. We hear the show will also feature a new cast member, a 37-year-old Black woman whose identity remains a mystery. Women will be shooting in the city and Hamptons, said the source. Isn't the wow. um, mysterious cast member the woman, isn't her name Bershawn? So there's two names going around, Bershawn and um, another Alicia woman. Quarles? I think her last name's like Quarles or Alicia Quarles, yeah. She, I However, think she debunked that since. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I looked up both of their ages after this ran, and mm-hmm. neither of them are 37. That's interesting. So I wonder if they just got the age wrong in the article, or it could be someone that we're completely missing. Oh, I'd love it if it was someone that we were missing. That adds like a little yeah. excitement to it of like, oh, you guys have been um, distracted by looking at the wrong people. There's somebody else who's been there all mm-hmm. along. Yeah. I would love that. And this is where I get in, start getting interested in like doing sleuthing around casting. I'm like you; I never mm-hmm. do it with like brand new casts, but mm-hmm. like once mm-hmm. they start filming, I love to try to figure out like who is the new person in the mix. For sure. So, have you looked up Ber- this woman? I just went to her Instagram to see if I got her name right. So it's Bershawn Shaw. Bershawn Shaw. Yeah. Have you looked up her yeah. info at all? Uh. A little bit. I was actually more focused on the other woman because I thought like she, okay. I think the other woman showed up in like Sonia's Instagram right. at one point. Mm-hmm. So it felt like that was happening. So I wasn't mm-hmm. too focused on Bershawn. Um, I feel like I have like a lot more research to do. I'm excited. I mean, I feel like Leah obviously, or or in my humble opinion, um, BCC, the majority of the viewership felt like Mar- uh, Maria, what felt like Leah really carried the season and deserves yeah. to be paid what she's worth. And I think like around 200K, mm-hmm. give or take, is an appropriate number for someone's second season. And if she has as good a second season, good or bad, um, as she did her first, I would think that number would grow astronomically for her third. So I think that was incredibly appropriate. And Bravo was not in a position yeah. where they could really do a hard negosh, I would say, because everybody knows it was like sort of universal, I would say. The people, regardless of yeah. how you feel about certain aspects of her, really thought she had a dynamic first season. I mean, what do you guys think? 
Well, I mean, even Bravo, uh, we discovered today, they're airing next week uh, in the time slot, a best of Leah's moments episode. Yeah, I heard about that. How do we feel about that? That feels a little rushed, but... It feels like uh, a Stasi special heroes moment. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Oh, the burn. But not, not in like a negative way, just in terms of like, wow, like, Bravo, you guys really love Leah right now. Because there was right. a, a time when, like, Bravo wanted Stasi to be, like, mm-hmm. a face of the network. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Very recently, too. Yeah. Um, I just think that, like, if we're looking at this and if we're looking at the different franchises and that just ended, why isn't there a Best of Garcelle mm-hmm. episode? Or Best of Stasi. Mean- Best I mean, the Garcelle thing, I don't think, unfortunately, that there would be enough. And I'm, I'm not even meaning this as a dick. I don't think that there would be enough. I genuinely, yeah. dead serious, don't know that there would be enough content for 44 minutes plus commercials or even 22. But I love Garcelle. I'm <laughs> team Garcelle all the way. I know that she'll be back. I think it's great. I'm so happy that she's doing the real because that means she will be centered in the LA area. So we won't have to worry mm-hmm. about travel, I would think. And I'm, I love her to bits. I'm team Garcelle 100%. But, um, I'd love to see uh, I'd love to see a, a clip package after her second season when she's in every episode, killing it, destroying. Mm, yeah. Well, speaking of Beverly Hills, why don't we get into the secrets that were revealed? <laughs> um, yes. We got uh, several scenes with Kyle's eldest daughter, Farah. Why? <laughs> Yeah, and she got to, like, promote a friend's company, too, which I thought was, like, very, actually, I was almost endeared by it, because it was like, oh, look, like, baby girl now knows how to, like, slip in some branding stuff for some friends, maybe for a little kickback. Mm -hmm. I I appreciated it. Will Farah be the first daughter to join, to get a diamond? No. Okay, just putting it out there. Do you think How so, old Sarah? Is she? She's in her late twenties, maybe or thirties. Yeah. No, she's well. We know she's thirty say... because she had that big birthday party. Thirty plus. Oh, I think that every year is a big birthday party for Farah. I mean, <laughs> it's Farah Wayne. Hello. Um, <laughs> I mean, she's certainly not my first choice, which is no longer available because my first choice now lives in like. North Carolina or whatever. And I don't Brianna. think Vicky would allow ah. yeah, Brianna to be on a show that she herself was fired from, but um, it's possible. I mean, you know, Beverly Hills has been a family affair. There was a conversation at some point about it realistic for some pump rulers to uh, potentially join Beverly Hills down the road. I think with everything yeah. that happened with Stassi that, Seems to be a general agreement that that's probably pretty unlikely. Um, mm-hmm. Anything's possible, though. I would I would be curious to see the first time that you know a, a housewife's child join. I don't think that's um uh, out of the realm of possibility. I just don't think that we're there yet, and we don't have anybody who's of an appropriate age. You know. Yeah, I think the best contenders are now no longer on the show. I think. Brianna was a good mm-hmm. contender. Lauren mm-hmm. Manzo was a good contender. Yeah. Oh, would have been great. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God. 
Yeah. She would have been great. Have you heard those rumors that she separated from um, Vito? Oh, I heard that. I did vaguely hear that. I don't know if that's true. I hope it's not. But I also love Lauren and I just want her to be happy. And if they can co-parent their little one, well, then God bless. Um, The Manzo kids love like acting like dicks in the comments of Caroline's post. Have any of you? No. Like, they will, like, go after fans who, like, go against their mother in the comments. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Like, seriously yeah. drag them? Yeah, like, Lauren definitely. Lauren is actually, like, the most. I could, she's a little reactive. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the love of my life. My number one, my future um, first or second husband entirely up to him is uh, Chris Manzo. I love, I like love oh, yeah. him. I've had a crush on him forever. And Andy Scrolls listener bought me a cameo. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I said at one point, can someone do a cameo and ask him to propose to me? And he was like, this is like the one sad part where he was like, I'm so sorry I can't propose to you because someone would be upset, which was like the first <gasps> time that he acknowledged that he's in a long term relationship, oh which was <laughs> a tough. But he also um, booked him. He said, like, I'd love to come on your podcast and I'd love to have him in whatever oh, capacity wow. I can get. So, yeah, for sure. Chris Manzo, if you're listening, let's make that happen. But yeah, no, he's the love of my life. Um, I would love Lauren on something on yeah. Jersey or whatever. Now, I feel like for me, it clicked and the secrets revealed why they did not show the initial Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. Because mm-hmm. it was so stupid. <laughs> like the context of that scene was not good for the show. Um, yeah, it was interesting because I'm, you know, I talk a lot with, um, people in the Bravo community and I had heard, I almost never watch the episodes live as they air. Mm -hmm. I'm like that person. I, I like make my cup of tea Mm -hmm. the next morning and, and watch and focus however best I can because I know I'm going to watch it at least one more time. And, and so there we are. But I heard from someone who was watching that night live, who was like, definitely team everyone else hardcore team Rinna who was like wow you won't believe what Denise says and she loses her mind with the producer and she's so disrespectful and it's like diva blah 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 I thought oh that's interesting and then I watched the scene when I watched the episode and didn't see any of that I saw a producer who was frustrated who wanted these women to get back on track and felt like Denise was leading them into like a dead end conversation and he wanted to talk about other things, but it didn't feel explosive to me any, anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. just felt like they were talking about one point and neither side was willing to really budge. I don't know. I mean, it, it felt like they were, t- they were talking too much about production itself. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, like I had to work. And then like, I showed up, like for this day of filming with you guys. It's like being on stage, like doing a play and talking about like what the stage hands are doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Denise was so focused on the idea of like, you said I didn't work, I worked, which is all fine and good to talk about as someone, if you feel like someone was misrepresenting what you said, but also like, this is not going to be engaging for people because they're going to say at the end of the day, what are you guys actually fighting about? You're fighting about her work schedule. That's Mm -hmm. not, and not even her uh, housewives work schedule, but her other job, that's not the most entertaining place in which to, you know, pick a battle. It's like, come on, move on to other stuff. You guys hate each other. Surely there's something else for you to discuss. 
it also proves um, to me like these women don't even want to be here at this point a lot of them yeah. it's like then like get out and let's get some new women in here if you don't want to be here well, I mean, I am team Denise all the way, but that's also the biggest problem with Denise is that she does not have mm-hmm. anything invested in these women or in maintaining relationships with them. So there aren't real stakes. The only stake that I thought was real and huge to her was this appearing on TV, how it would affect potentially her relationship with her husband and also, you know, her kids knowing that this was her mother's storyline on the TV show that she films. But when it came down to like, I want you guys to respect me or I love spending time with you, that wasn't even a part of the equation, which made the central points of the argument not necessarily important and i would extend that same perspective to them trying to bury garcelle for not going on Mm. a flight from la to new york to watch someone who she's casually friends with premiere in a broadway show it's like why are you pretending that she has as much invested in your friendships as you guys do with each other like that's where you're going Mm -hmm. wrong yeah right and after filming had stopped, basically, like that yeah. was like. Why is she going to do that and not get paid? And she's probably in negotiations about her role the next season, right? Like it just mm-hmm. felt really disingenuous. But so did a lot of the aspects of Denise versus everybody else. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was tough. But it was a good episode. It was a good bonus yeah. episode. There was good energy I mean, it felt, in it. It felt nice to end with Sutton's birthday. Yes. <laughs> How do you feel about oh my Sutton? God. I love her. I think it's ridiculous that she's not, she was, if it is true, which it sort of appears that it is, that she was demoted because they couldn't show scenes of her with her kids. It's ridiculous considering um, uh, the women on many of the franchises, including Brandy herself, who were allowed to be um, full-time housewives. I mean, Sun herself was a large part of drama and, and conflict and also countering conflict and standing up for people who didn't have, you know, the majority vote. I thought she was great. Um, I really enjoyed her. And I think it's really sad that there are rumors that she's not going to be back next season or not back full-time because I think she would be very valuable to the franchise. I think that, um, I thought she was interesting and quirky and kind of weird. And I loved that. I will say she went live a couple times today and during one of the lives, someone asked her about like her status as far as like coming back or whatever. And she said that Bravo is keeping them on their toes. Mm -hmm. So it does sound like she is having some sort of negotiation as far as like contracts. I love that. I know. And like just cast her and pretend that Jennifer Tilly is her husband (laughs) and that like that's her home life. I mean, Tilly was so excited to be there at the party, like so excited to be filming. She would, she'd be great. I know. I'm super Um, into that. I think the two of them are hilarious. Yeah. They're just so weird and like, right. That I just like, (sighs) what's, what, what's not to like. Yeah. I love a weird person with money, a really weird Mm -hmm. person with really real money. I just genuinely chef's kiss. Banker's kiss. Love it. She likes it. She doesn't even know what to do with it. Like, that's how much there is. Like, she could not spend it all if she wanted. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, let's, let's get to the final part of the New York reunion. Uh, sad Tinsley wasn't with us for this final part. 
Yeah. Agreed. Especially sad. Elise was not with us. Were you? I know people were. I didn't really. <laughs> I didn't really feel that. And I. No feelings about Elise. Apologies to Elise. I wish I disliked her or liked her. I think she's. Mm. She was sometimes there, and I appreciate that about her journey that she was present. Yeah. I don't have a lot. I had more feelings or empathy or whatever with Barbara Kay during Barbara Kay season than okay. I did with Elise. Tell me, tell me more about your, your, your journey with Elise, your appreciation for her. Cause I'd love to um, understand it. Learn from it. For me, it's less about my appreciation for her, but my favorite segments on some reunions are when a friend of, or like a side character is mm-hmm. given one segment on a reunion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm thinking, like, Kim D. The I'm Kims, yeah, D or Kim G. Yep. I'm thinking mm-hmm. Barbara K. Just, like, mm-hmm. one segment where they're, like, kind of disrespected. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, those are, like, some of the most iconic reunion moments to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I went into this part wondering if they were even going to talk about Elise because she mm-hmm. was not even mentioned in the first two parts. I don't even think she was, like, in any of the clip packages, but she was there for most of the season Mm -hmm. so the ramona dorinda feud like wages on for like the third Mm. episode in a row really um Mm -hmm. do we think ramona was keeping in touch with dorinda or not sufficiently where are we at with like their relationship um i think that ramona was probably backing away during production and it was wild that she's brought in when she opened that drawer I, I genuinely no joke was like oh my god that's so sweet she's gonna like hand her a tissue or something and then she produced papers and i was like okay this is probably more this is probably more realistic of a, a something i wish i had um a thought at that moment but uh yeah i think that dorinda was looking for support but she had alienated this person she was also looking for support from so at what point yeah. do you say there is a reason they're not getting in touch and it's because maybe they're terrified of me you know yeah. yeah. Can we talk know. about those papers and like just the work that goes into screenshotting, sending mm. to a printer and printing out that amount mm. of screenshots? Like, think logistically what a nightmare that is for whatever assistant is helping Ramona yeah. prepare it's for It's definitely not her. Yeah. I would think it's a, pr- I would think she's like sending that shit to a producer being like, someone, there must be a printer. Like, you guys take care of it. I just want to be holding something in my hand. Like, it's on you. Well, that poor producer at the Shed Media Printers, just like printing out <laughs> Ramona's screenshots. It's miserable. Can you imagine yeah. what it's like to wrangle her day to day? It must be no, a no. nightmare. And there's been reports like in the past that she's like very abusive towards producers. Unsurprisingly, I mean, I remember she got in trouble for spending for like, you know, they gave her a wardrobe budget and she would return the clothes and keep the cash. Maybe one of the more wow. positive things she's done. Yeah. <laughs> a savvy businesswoman. Amen. <laughs> okay. Didn't, didn't they kind of set it up for Dorinda to like possibly come back at the end of this reunion? Like the way they wrapped up the conversation about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, think so. I think that they were trying to help her help herself and she just wouldn't she yeah. wouldn't take it. Yeah. She even like said at one point when they were talking about Sonia's townhouse and Dorinda was like, "Oh, maybe next season we can all just 
stay there and film there because we're in yeah. quarantine. Sad. Oh God. Okay. So I felt very uncomfortable when Andy wrapped it up by making them take a selfie together. Mm. Like we were so worried about protocol for a while and then we're kind of semi crowding together. I know. Yeah. Not, not best practices. I would say. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the, the protocol for this show is so performative that it's just, like, yeah. eye-rolly, but, like, it's also, I love seeing them in a room together, so it's, like... Yes! Ugh. I was just gonna say, I hope everybody's on their best behavior in Potomac, because I'm gonna need that reunion to be in person, so people should be staying uh-huh. in person and self quarantining because yeah. we're gonna need that to happen. Oh, God, we need that one producer with the blonde hair standing <laughs> by, ready to, like, put oh. Monique in a staircase. Uh, James uh, or Jason James, or something. Wow. Something with a J, a sexy J. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love um, iconic. Now, before we hop over to Potomac, I'm not sure if either of you caught Bethany on Watch Evans Live. The one thing that really jumped out to me was in the conversation as to whether she were to ever come back. She said she wants them to clear the deck for her to come back. Essentially build the show around her. So it would be like her and Dorinda, basically. And then whoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, one could argue that they maybe were going to do that with plot this season, but she skadoodled the night before production starts. So there's clearing the deck as far as the cast or clearing the deck as far as what are the stories that we want to tell. And Mm. maybe she already got that opportunity, but walked away from it. I think she meant cast. I don't think she's interested in doing anything with Ramona or Luann going forward. Yeah. Is she and Luann in a bad spot right now? She says she only speaks to Dorinda and Sonia. Which is, I love that. I'm so glad that they were able to repair stuff because that was a really tough scene. That was a tough moment. Yeah. She's, she's going to give Dorinda a job. She like has like jobs lined up for Dorinda, she said, basically. Yeah. I mean, good, because, and I don't mean this in any kind of asshole way, but Dorinda definitely needs streams of income, so... If they want to collaborate, great. I don't, I mean, that'll take up time that probably should be spent you know, doing some self-reflection, but maybe she can multitask. I mean, <laughs> I would succeed in a show that's not about this. Like, she has the charisma to, like, show up in, like, one of Bethany's produced reality mm-hmm. competition shows or, like, so, in some other facet where she's not, like, going through her own personal struggles on TV. Like a competition challenge where like someone has to pretend to open a cashmere company or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know um, what is going on in the state of affairs with her shows with Mark Burnett, like even before COVID, but certainly as a result of this ongoing, um, you know, pandemic. I want to say everything, everything probably is stuck in pre-production and that is why she has like shifted her focus so heavily mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be is back on your mm-hmm. podcast app of choice. Because mm-hmm. like she's really pouring it all in to this new podcast. I know she was, char- um, she was charting higher than Hillary Clinton. 
Like Bethany was number one and Hillary was number two. Wow. Wow. Wait, so they they knocked off the two of you guys' episodes of Andy's Girls off of the number one spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How did that happen? Bethany, every time, you know what? My last time going to drinks with her, I was like, Bethany, do not steal my time, okay? Podcasting is my thing, Bethany. Podcasting is my thing, and I don't want to say that you're a oh, hater brand, but wow. I don't know. Andy's Girls, I, I see, girls. I see it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, someone needs to look into that. I'm not saying they should. I'm yeah. just saying someone should. Okay, let's hop yeah. over to Potomac. Um, I want to start the conversation with uh, a friend of both uh, this pod and then also the Andy Andy's Girls Cinematic Universe. Evan Ross Katz has something to say. So I'm going to play you guys a little audio. Um, and take a listen. Taking it to voicemail. But one thing I would love the three of you, um, you, Brendan, and the lovely Sarah Galley, to get into on the show is I think this is one of the first instances that I can think of in which there really isn't a team to take in the Candace v. Monique fight. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone would be team Monique, but I also don't think it's like a team Candace situation in that Candace is a pretty unlikable figure for the most part on the show and on social media and any goodwill that Monique had built up I think dissipated with her actions on this episode so I just think it's a really interesting scenario because so often when you think of like iconic housewives fights it's very you know even looking at Denise v Brandy it's like it became very are you team Denise or are you team Brandy it just becomes very one or the other and this instance doesn't really have that and I think that's worth meditating on all right did he send that just for this? Uh, Straight we, for exclusively? We were chatting about Shut Up Evan a little bit, and then he then I told him that you were going to be joining us. He's like, oh my God, this is what I need you guys to discuss. Because this felt like such a fun fusion of Come Through Queen and Shut Up Evan that I literally just got tingles all over my body. Oh I, mean, my I, I felt like I was participating <laughs> in both of your exciting platforms <laughs> at once. And what could be better? That was awesome. Wow. But Doris Kearns good So what are your thoughts? Yeah. Sarah? Are you on a team? Is there a team? I think team Robin? as always, as always, Evan Ross Katz is bringing up some points. I'm actually recording with him this week. So the timing of this is amazing. Love it. Um, Incredible. You know, here's the thing that I have to say. I, I think that there's no excuse for Monique's behavior. And Lord knows she's trying to find every single last one of them. Um, but I think, I think in many ways, Candace, I could empathize with Candace in the specifics relating to this fight, but in life, I empathize with Monique a lot more. I think Candace comes across as more sympathetic sometimes in the show than she ever deserves as a human person. And I remain concerned that. Candace's online trolling, which is done publicly and mm -hmm. many, many times privately, reveals more about her than in incredibly heightened situations where, um, much like this week, she, I would say, inarguably is the victim of the two. Um, like, in life, I think Monique is a better, more humane human, but 
but in the specifics of the situation with Monique essentially physically stalking her and reaching when it comes to defending what is indefensible behavior, there Mm -hmm. is no way but to empathize being in Candace's position, which is one of someone who is, you know, being assaulted. What do you guys think? I agree with that on empathizing with Candy um, in the moment and in the fight, because truly, I watched that scene like three different times, and Mm -hmm. Monique just like, it's almost like she left her body, the way that she was acting, and like, it was insane. Um, But I think I agree with Evan, and I think what Dan said, it's like Team Robin. I'm like Team Robin in this. Yes, I 100% am Team Robin. I'm Team Robin. I'm Team Giselle's hand. Justice for Giselle's hand and her sweater. Yeah, like Team Ashley coming back from the bathroom and like missing the entire thing (laughs) is also good, though she was defending Monique in the moment. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It It was so shocking how long it felt that mm. everyone was in the crowd, like all 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like the world stood still. It really did. She wouldn't let go. She wouldn't let go. It's like she was holding on, Monique was holding on to all the hurt she has felt in her body of ways in which she feels Candace has slighted her, a hurt that she feels about other people, maybe about the show, maybe about whispers of what her cast members were plotting to do to bring her down. And it coursed through her veins and came out in this moment where it was like, hurt people, hurt people and go fuck yourself. If you think she's going to let go, like she was finally in herself in a power position. Problem with that power position is it came through physical violence and Monique's defense of you say some shit about me. You should expect Mm -hmm. a physical response is obviously appropriate, inaccurate and like, not a good look. So for her to continue to say, this woman who I'm trying to provoke, I also physically assaulted, and it's her fault because of her past behavior that I'm now triggered into remembering, sense memory or whatever else. It just, it doesn't, it, no aspect of Monique's behavior in the moment, her glee which was not exactly like danielle Staub asked with the ponytail but wasn't super mm-hmm. far off felt like she was like happy to happy to get this energy to release out of her body but she was striking someone else's in order to get that result and it's just not if that's not ever okay this is the kind of show where you should not be physically assaulting your cast member there is no right. excuse or rationale for that. And the fact that you're still trying to explain it and defend it online as this stuff is airing is just not helpful, regardless of whatever was going on with Candace, regardless of whatever she was doing behind the scenes. It's just truly, like, not a good look. Yeah, I think, like, the most startling part about this entire situation is that once the producers brought Monique into that stairwell... Mm. And the one producer who I want to see on a producer's panel at BravoCon now, hopefully. Oh my God, we'll love. But he was keeping her from going out. And then she finds a way. And like, it was starting to see, see, like, 
usually after this kind of situation and there's like a cool down and like people mm-hmm. are done and like maybe like have a regret about their behavior she finds a way out of that winery and is running through like the night to like try to continue <laughs> to bring can like to assault candace that was yeah, like, not the funny, not funny part to me <laughs> And her cast members being like, is that Monique? Is that, and putting the pieces together, like, oh, wait, is that Monique I running? Know. Is that Monique running for Candace? Is Monique looking? It was, And then the the tension of Candace, like, standing next to the car, and producers being like, get in the car, Candace, get in the car. Why should I have to leave? Get in the car so you don't get the shit kicked out of you. Please go home right now. Yeah. This isn't safe. And mm-hmm. knowing that, like, Monique is right around the corner, like, dodging through, it was very tense. And the call in the car, Candace calling Chris. Oh my God, so much. I would love, can you talk about secrets revealed? Can the secrets revealed for Potomac just be like um, uh, a night in um, uh, Berserkshire's County episode where they just have like the timestamps and like, here's what was happening here. Here's where the producers were huddling. Here's where Candace was like getting her hair situation taken care of, which P.S., Mother Teresa, Karen, making sure that she looked okay for the camera. Karen really is the secret sauce on Potomac. She is so important. She's so yeah. key. We all talk about and stand for Giselle, but Karen is the one keeping the show together and has genuine empathy for people. She's also a genuine grown-ass woman, and I yeah. love that. And I think that she will do a pretty good job for the rest of the season, hopefully, of people somewhat together with this knowing that Monique doesn't film at a lot of the group stuff if it, if at any of it but um uh yeah that was that was like a very even rewatching it it's just very intense it's it's yeah extreme it was so much worse but also more fascinating than i thought it was going to be yeah, yeah. like riveting so i the first time i watched we watched I watched my sister was with me and the only housewives my sister ever watches one of my sisters, my other sisters watch them all. Um, my sister, Casey, she only watches New York. So she watched this first scene oh. and we were in the car, like driving away. And all of a sudden I hear, so how do you spell Candace? She was looking up every player <laughs> involved to like, try to get the scoop on them. They're like, yeah. they're, they're riveting. They're also just like, all of them are, stars there's mm-hmm. each and every one of them is an all-star no weak link when we talk Robin about, is yeah, no weak link, no weak link. Mm-hmm. so i think what's interesting is this is episode nine of the season so we know that um monique is not going on the group trip because mm-hmm. uh, she's not like photographed filming with them at all there mm-hmm. besides next week's episode where we're like kind of grilling her I wonder mm-hmm. if, she, like, what part she's going to have in the rest of the season. I think they're going to LVP it a little bit, right? Of, like, mm-hmm. safe environments. Although, obviously, that was a little bit of a different circumstance <laughs> when it comes to safety. But of, like, who's her Camille going to be? Who's the safe space that she's going to film with? I would assume it would be Karen, Karen and who at like genuinely who else? Maybe when? Ashley? I don't know. Ashley, definitely. I, I think it's going to be a weird split dynamic, but this is such an A++ excellent um, season, one of the best of all time uh, for any franchise. And I just, riding off of a ridiculous season last season, and um, 
you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot. I yeah. just wish there was some ownership. And um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of validity to saying like Team Robin or just or just Team Show, you know, because both of these yeah. women are so complicated and also so deeply problematic in very different ways that it's difficult to align oneself with one of those names, you know? Do you think that this is Monique's final season or will she be put on rest like Portia was after a similar situation or like what, what do we mm-hmm. think is going to happen? Well, Portia was demoted, right? After yeah. the yeah. mission. She was friend up for a season. Yeah. I don't think Monique is ever going to friend of. And I think that unlike with Portia, Monique is going to decide for herself if she wants to continue. I don't think right. Monique needs the money. I don't think she, I certainly don't think she needs the stress. Um, and I think she's probably grown tired of this. Whatever happened with the strategy around the trainer or the baby or whatever else, I think really exhausted her. And some of the hurt and pain that appears to be coursing through her is related to that. But she either doesn't feel like she can discuss into production or she doesn't want to say those words out loud because it brings back attention to rumors that she would like to like have subsided so the long and short of it is i had more hope for her coming back next season potentially than i do now and um talking to some people who have more info on this situation it doesn't necessarily look super realistic that she'll be back but i don't i think we're also too soon and i think a lot of it will depend on what happens at the reunion a lot of it will depend on where we go next this season um i don't feel great about it i also think know candace saying i'm not gonna come back if monique is back is a really cute way of pretending that you are gonna get a flute of champagne next season i think this is probably candace's last i think she was fantastic casting and was a great housewife i just think this is so toxic her behavior offline is super toxic and i think she served her purpose and we wish her well and now we have Mm -hmm. dr wendy in the fold to be a different kind of problematic personality no, welcome, I mean, Doctor Wendy. I think a big um, difference between the Portia incident and this one is mm-hmm. Portia was mm-hmm. actually immediately remorseful over it. Yes. She, oh my God, mm-hmm. such a good point. Oh my when, God. Yeah. When she was laying on the floor, she was like, "I can't believe I did this to my family. And, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I did this to my yeah." And Monique, like in subsequent scenes in this episode, is showing no remorse. Like in the car ride home, she's not remorseful. Like talking to Chris. About it in front of the kids, oh, which shocked tough. me so much. Like, that oh she was God. talking about fighting in front of two of her children was a shock. Mm-hmm. Him saying you should be embarrassed and her essentially being like, of what? Like, he gets <laughs> it. It's just not appropriate. And her saying, making a joke that Candace's mother should have hit her harder. I don't oh my think God. that's funny at all. I thought that whole thing of like, she ran into my purse. I didn't think that was in any way entertaining. I thought that was like really distressing that a woman who is a licensed therapist was has a history of gaslighting emotionally and potentially physically abusing her child, regardless how, mm-hmm. how old that child is. So to bring up that stuff, I just think it's like so distasteful. And also, when was this filmed? A year ago? You're yeah. telling me you haven't found a sense of remorse in the year that has taken place between then and now? Yeah. And she's still, like, she's still peddling this theory that Candace somehow mm-hmm. threw a wine glass oh, for her. Yeah. 
I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> like roll the tapes. So you know who I think uh, is probably loving all of this, Ashley, because man, I mean, <laughs> she has some shit going on, and no one is really talking that much about that anymore. <laughs> I know. I. Yeah, it's the best day of Michael's life when he found out there was a physical altercation. He was like, oh my God, can we renew our vows right here and now? Because holy yeah. <laughs> shit. Uh, it's, it's funny how like every other season now we're kind of like renegotiating our pre and post nuptial agreements. Yeah, their lawyers must be loving every moment of her signing on for this because the billable hours alone for whatever he does on and off camera is wild. Um, yeah. so many questions relating to her responses, like, okay, we're believing he didn't have sex with this woman, but he was in his tidy whiteies. Cool. Um, you're telling us that you experimented by having threesomes in your relationship, in your marriage, which is all fine and good, but has literally nothing to do with questions about infidelity. The whole point of mm -hmm. having a threesome mm -hmm. is that you guys are both consenting as is this other person to having an experience together and that's great but i don't i don't know what that has to do with adultery or questions about faithfulness at all and then she's now intimating online that she's been maybe unfaithful to him yeah. mm -hmm. like sweetie i'm gonna need more details on that like i'm going like talk about a timestamp. like you need to be a little bit specific with me because i'm very confused and she's given us so much but i need a little bit more because i need to know uh what does being unfaithful mean? If that is in fact the case, she's, she's heavily intimating that it is. When did that happen? I, what were the circumstances? What did he say? I think her pull quote is I had a wandering eye. So like a wandering mm -hmm. eye to me means like she did hook up with someone else. I want to know when, was it during yeah. dating? Was it when they got married? When yeah. did that align with when he was unfaithful? Um, why some of her physical responses to this have been somewhat, um, I don't know, conservative considering her personality type. She's been very uh, calm in a way that is like, what's happening here? What, what are we, what do we not know? What information do we not have that would help us understand your reactions? I think she's calm because like, she doesn't really care that much. <laughs> like, I think she's got like the life she's kind of happy with and like is only dealing with this on the show, like to save some sort of face of like, I don't, like all, that's all interesting. Of, like, I don't see that. Yeah. I don't see her not caring. I see her being in a position of stress, knowing that this mm. is maybe her storyline once again is going to be in relation to him maybe disrespecting her on national TV, which is not an ideal scenario for someone to be in for the third time in five seasons, if not more than three. Um, no, I think she had a lot invested. I think she just needs to be more forthcoming. I think it's like both where she, she doesn't care about the relationships that he has because she also mm -hmm. has them, but she cares mm -hmm. about the way it looks. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I can totally see that. Yeah, because I like last week uh, when she arrived at the barn, she kind of came in like cool as a cucumber, like ready to take them mm -hmm. all on. Like, if she was upset, I would picture her entrance being a little different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it felt like she was trying to just throw attention with the whole. Here's what our relationship is like that you guys don't know as a way to just 
kind yeah. of throw focus because she thinks it's going to be surprising enough to the women that they focus on that aspect of it. And she's not wrong, but I just yeah. I'm curious about what she said online in recent days and weeks. I'm, I'm just, I, I think it'll be forthcoming. I'm just curious what her answers will be. I have truly no idea. Yeah. Uh, how do we feel about the Karen Ray therapy sesh with a radio personality? Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like she's putting Karen's finally like putting it all out there. Yeah, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. it does like my heart a little bit that like he can't decide if he loves her or is in love with her, like. Even just do it for the cameras, man. Yeah, I, uh, his, his defense or whatever you want to call it, perspective seems to be shaped by the fact that she's changed. But that is the best case scenario is that you guys are changing together. You're growing into each other and growing into yourselves after 20 something years. If that is, if she's the same person now that she was 20 years ago, I would say that's not a great indicator of a healthy relationship that she doesn't feel comfortable um, making decisions and being her own independent woman, which is what we love about Karen. And I just, I can't imagine how painful that is. That, that would have been to hear. I just was, my heart broke for her in that moment. I think we're calling it. uh, He's uncomfortable with how much she's putting into La Dame. But I think, what that is standing in for is her being on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. He doesn't love her oh, being on the okay. show. And her being Wait, on the point. show shined a light on his mm-hmm. tax, tax issues that caused them all that shit. So, like, he mm-hmm. probably holds that against her. Sure, uh, you're right. And that's, like, I think, like, we're pretending this is about the perfume, but, like, I don't think Ladam is that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh my god, I fucking love it. Oh, I want I don't know anyone that's tried it, but I'm desperate to get a sniff. Yeah. And she's like she's cuddling up to her Instagram live followers every night instead of cuddling up to him. So, there's that too. Did you see her Instagram live with Monique? It was history and Monique said during the Instagram live, I am absolutely not saving this where she was Karen was trash and Ray kept trying to get her to sign off and she was like one more thing and then she would just go off on a tangent about how much she hated Giselle it was yeah. monumental and he looked okay then I, I mean her. he looked a little nervous and terrified for his wife <laughs> <laughs> that's his natural state yeah yeah for real um, um, speaking yeah. of Giselle I mean like Giselle finally has a storyline I know <laughs> And it's a dark one. So that restaurant already closed. Yeah, yeah. So sad. It was a little, no disrespect to, what was the name of it? August or something? Arizona. Arizona's. Thank you. Um, no disrespect to Arizona's. It was a little Ozark-esque, wasn't it? Uh, Let's have a business. And uh, maybe there's other purposes not related to making mm. the food. Okay. dad is interested in yeah yeah, yeah. also so, was it just like essentially like a longhorn steakhouse basically with a different name oh okay okay yeah like same you know, energy. i haven't had the pleasure what is longhorn is that like um outback what's longhorn steakhouse it's it's adjacent it's adjacent the first longhorn is actually it's it's nicer than ruby tuesday it's 
maybe okay. nicer than Outback, but it's definitely like a national mm-hmm. chain that sells steak. I mean, I think like what uh, what Arizona's and a long whatever it is, Longhorn, is just like a Ruby Tuesday TGI Friday with a different cal- color palette, like for the furniture okay. furnishings, you know, mm-hmm. like a darker darker woods, darker mm-hmm. booths, yeah, less flair. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys th- do? You think this? What, tell me what your thoughts are in this relationship because I and I struggle with it every day. Every day of my life, I'm struggling with Giselle and her pastor pal. Yeah, it's hard to say because she like they roll the clip of her talking shit about him every time mm-hmm. that this relationship comes mm-hmm. up. So it's like hearing mm-hmm. her own words then, and hearing her, her own words now. It's also to me weird that they don't live in the same place. It's also to me weird that her kids don't support it. Mm. It's also weird to me now <laughs> that the dad doesn't secretly yeah. doesn't support it, or he thinks secretly. And I wonder what that phone call was like after just oh, the episode. Like, so I'm not sure it's the best relationship for Giselle. Yeah, does Giselle get out of it? Money. I don't think so. Um, I think like his line of business like is pretty good in terms of like, I think she had been supported before she came on this show for years because she shared children with him. What is he giving her now that's different than what he would have been giving her with the growth of his businesses and his church and everything else? regardless of whether or not they were dating. I mean, there would have been likely potentially if his financial situation changed, there probably would have been some sort of agreement about a shift in alimony, child support or whatever else. I don't think it necessitated Mm -hmm. their dating. Like, I don't know what his love language is aside from prayer. So (laughs) (laughs) what's the, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get what's in it for her aside from the obvious, which is a plot point but everybody and their mother is talking about is this a question of you know was this staged you know or there is the potential that she's in love but like i don't see it when i'm watching yeah i don't feel it yeah do you see it i don't see it i feel more love between karen and uh ray than these two <laughs> oh a hundred percent and there's more of an it it just doesn't make sense. it's i just it's like she speaks this dating relationship you know like oh we're we were a family we're working toward that or whatever she's saying to her dad i can't remember any direct quotes right now but you know um we've been through the struggles and we're coming out of it i don't i don't i don't i'm not hearing her say why she wants to be with him i i don't see i don't see any concept of actual trust or faith in him through her eyes at all and that is what's so weird to me it's just i'm like i would love for it to be staged at least i know that she's not invested yeah i i get the feeling we're probably not going to revisit this relationship and situation much Mm. more throughout the season until the reunion Mm. that's a good point yeah right because nobody knows like nobody except for the producers know what the dad said yeah, so there's exactly. no instance where somebody can bring it up in a conversation. Such a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, I wonder yeah. what Karen's going to say about that at the reunion. I'm sure she's going to use that for something. Oh, yeah. For Grudger Ford, I'm actually like kind of curious <laughs> like, what she's yeah. going to well, say. So next week, 
we have like that whole sit down, which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm -hmm. uh, the previews look great. But let's wrap up this episode with our Freak of the Week and the One True Queen. So mm -hmm. this past Sunday, immediately following Potomac, we were graced with uh, a one-on-one. -on -one. Watch Rebels Live is always like a delight. And it was Wendy Williams and Andy Cohen. With mm -hmm. uh, Wendy Williams reporting live from her studio in New York, um, mm -hmm. I got to say, one of the reasons it was freakish was that the quality of her audio and video is like some of the worst that we have seen throughout quarantine on Watch What Happens Live. And she was reporting <laughs> from her studio. Like the fact that they, that she couldn't like pull it together there to like perform for Andy was something. Um, and she spent a majority of the show kind of like dragging the housewives mm -hmm. as a show. Mm -hmm. Bravo. Andy, Andy to some himself. extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting to watch Andy deal with that. It also set off this thing with Nini. So, like, right. before quarantine, Wendy and Nini had, like, famously become kind of, like, besties. And we saw mm -hmm. Wendy on the phone during Real Houses Atlanta. But then Wendy herself goes on to drag her friend Nini. And then yeah. now Nini's on, like, a tear where she's, like, talking shit about both Wendy and Andy all yeah. across the board. So Live from hotel it, lobbies. I know. Without a mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um but we do have a one true queen this week we need to acknowledge um it is a teen a tiktok teen from brendan's favorite platform tiktok uh <laughs> who kind of solved the big mystery of beverly hill secrets revealed uh this past week uh we did not talk about the fact that Kyle Richards discovered on Diane Keaton's Instagram. Yes. Her mother's ring, or so she thought. <laughs> so the TikTok teen um, went on to TikTok and identified her grandmother, Diane French, uh, that it's her grandmother's hands, her grandmother's mm -hmm. ring. She showed pictures of the ring from like her childhood, proving that she's had this for mm -hmm. years and years. Page six reported on this. Uh, Diana French has a bone to pick with Kyle Richards and Diane Keaton, for that matter. French <laughs> is a retired pharmacy clerk from Los Angeles who wound up an unwitting viral star when the Beverly Hills star Kyle Richards saw a picture of French's hands on Diane Keaton's Instagram and thought she recognized a ring that had been stolen from her home in a 2018 burglary. For some reason, Keaton identified French in the picture as a psychic from Santa Monica, which may be. Uh, why Richard's subsequent attempt to find French through a private investigator came to naught. Uh, so the granddaughter solved the mystery. French uh, went on Inside Edition saying that she is <laughs> fed up <laughs> and she deserves an apology from Kyle Richards and Diane Keaton. She says, I don't deserve this. My twin sister called and said, Diana, you're on Google. <laughs> she said my mother was killed 40 years ago and my dad gave me mm -hmm. her band french explained of the mm -hmm. ring noting that she has appraisal papers from 1980 that set the ring's value at uh, 2500 along with a trove of family photos showing her wearing the item for decades 
As for the nails, French said she has always had them. I am totally lost without them. And while she <laughs> doesn't remember the, the particular date Keaton took the pic, she does remember the actress was her customer. She said that picture of my hands was taken at the count on the counter of the pharmacy. Reached by page six, Richard's team had no comment, and Keaton has yet to respond. Wow. Truly, truly, truly a queen. Brandon, this like this story has so many angles for you. I mean, as a Diane Keaton super fan, you're all in. Oh. Yeah. A TikTok super fan. A TikTok super fan. I spend my entire day on TikTok. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. I mean, I'm glad we were able to resolve this story uh, ahead of the new season. Although, like, I this would have been something more interesting to transpire over the course of Beverly Hills than like a regular storyline, I would say. True. I love the involvement of the press and all of it. I love her. I saw that page six when she said, you know, my sister, twin sister called and said, you're on Google. I mean, <laughs> I could not write that better myself. I yes, just think yes. it's, it's so amazing. And her sort of demand, I think it's, there's something to say about the apology. I mean, this was, it's one thing for Diane Keaton to feature her beautiful hands and her jewels and everything else in her style. It's quite another to say, Oh, this person has either stolen something from my deceased mother or, um, you know, received it in some way intimating that she was a a part of a legal activity. Of course, I think she demands, I think Mm -hmm. she deserves an apology. Absolutely. And I don't know that she's going to get one. It was total Agreed. focus for like two days. I, I was following the news literally every second. Oh, yeah. Like I, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Every second of it. I was like, when is Inside Edition thing coming out? Blah, 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 blah. Loved it. Um, chef's kiss. Amaze. Beautiful. Amaze. So, Sarah, thank you for being on this episode of Come Through yeah. Queen. Where can people follow the dame? <laughs> they can follow the dame on Instagram at Dame Galley. And you can listen to Andy's Girls wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, like this one right here. And it was such a pleasure kicking with you guys. I would love to come back anytime. This was so wonderful. You've given me a lot to think about before I record mm. my next episode on Friday. So I'm so appreciative to both of you because your perspectives are are so lovely it was so it was really really great i really appreciate it thank you for having me yeah we can't wait to have you back on um for more about our podcast uh you could go to comethroughqueen.com from there we have links to both of our twitters the patreon that we mentioned earlier merch our discord channel it's just your one-stop shop to find all things come through queen that's comethroughqueen.com wow wow so that's it for this week. Like, comment, subscribe, heart, share, retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you?
would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.